0: we We live we live (laughs) okay well for those of us joining us just now this is our live stream Uh, it's just one part of our service here at City Temple and today it's going to be something a little bit different in that uh, we're going to be sharing a prophetic word and we have a a Thanksgiving prayer to pray before I start uh, to read the scripture and bring the word today and uh, so I, I want to welcome today Mignon with us. And she's got a word, and I thought it would be great for her to share this word for us. It's a good word, it's a challenging word, it's encouraging, uh, and one of those words that helps make sense of different things going on. So Mignon, why don't you come on up and uh, share your word. Thank
1: you, Pastor Rod. Um, about two months ago, um, Okay, there you go. Sorry. (laughs) About a month ago, Pastor Roth sent out uh, an email, and um, he encouraged us to start giving thanks for the rebuilding because many things have been going on, and we have been praying for so long for the redevelopment to happen. And it seems that that there's been a lot of frustration over the church over the past few months and years um, since the lockdown started. And um, the next morning I decided you know what? Let me start f- giving thanks. And I was worshiping and giving thanks. And the following song was in my heart, Be Stole. Well, actually on my phone, but in my heart as well. But um, it came on. It's the, the, the song is Be Stole by Yil Songs. And I'm just going to read one verse by it. It says, Be Stole and know that the Lord is in control. Be Stole, my soul stand as, and watch as giants fall. And I thought to myself, where is this? I want to find out where in the Bible is this verse. And I went to Psalm 46, and I started to read it, and that's when the Lord started to speak to me. So I'm going to read it out to you. I, I encourage you to go home and reach, uh, read Psalm 30, 46 by yourself. But as I'm going to read it out, I'm going to tell you what the Lord said to me about it. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. At that point, God showed me that the river that is flowing here in city temple is the Holy Spirit. And the verse that came to my mind was John 7, verse 38 or 37, I think, that says, Out, out, out of our bellies will streams rivers of flowing water, which is the Holy Spirit. We already know that God wants to do a new thing in this church. And that will just come from the Holy Spirit. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just as the break of dawn. And then God reminded me that is city temple. We shall not be moved because God's word has been spoken over us. We shall not be moved. We are in the midst of God. God is in the midst of us. And... At that point, I don't know if you remember the um, sermon you preached last year during the lockdown um, where Jesus uh, was made aware of Lazarus' death. And Jesus said, I will come when I come. And he came four days too late, but that was to glorify Jesus. And that came to mind here. We are not building, rebuilding this temple for ourselves, but we are rebuilding it for the glory of God and for his kingdom, and even if it comes right at the last minute, it will be to serve God, and to glorify him for who he is. Verse six, the nations raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge, come and behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth, He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. And at that point, all the people that need to be part of the redevelopment, those are the people that came to my mind. Those are the people that God will subdue and bring to submission when the time is right that the redevelopment should start in this church. God is in control. Verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So if the God of Jacob, the God who created this world, is with us, what do we have to fear? God has spoken over this church that this church shall be developed and rebuilt. All we need to do is stand back now and worship God and give him thanks and praise him for what he has already done while I was also because I spoke to Pastor Rod he asked me to give him the word or the church the word last week and funnily enough I actually forgot it and that's when he said to me that's when you need to write prophecies down but God was so merciful because I went home and I prayed God remind me of this word and throughout the week more word came to me, and I asked Pastor Roth if I could share this, and he agreed. As I was praying for the church and praying for Pastor Roth as well, one word came to me. We need to now look inside ourselves to find out what are the things that need to be broken off in order to move forward. The verse that came to me was Mark 2 verse 22 that says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts, the wineskins. The wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. God told me there, we need to get rid of all the baggage in our lives, in the church that can hold us back in order to move into the next phase of where God's next part of prophecy is going to come where it says, the church shall be multiplied. The kingdom of God shall be multiplied. If We know what, uh, I don't know if you've ever gone into uh, a bit of digging into what the wineskin means, but Jesus was talking about fasting. They asked Jesus, why are some disciples fasting and Jesus' disciples aren't fasting? And basically what Jesus meant was he's bringing a new covenant. (laughs) He does not want the old things to go or the new things that he stored to go into the old wine skin. That's why we need to make things new. That when we go into the new building, there's going to be a new order. The order of the Holy Spirit and of Jesus Christ and of God our Father. Amen. 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 Very good.
0: Thank you so much. I just have to let you know that Mignon and I did not coordinate this at all. I just told Mignon to bring uh, some of the things that the Lord had said uh, and uh, share those. And uh, one of the things we want to do today for our prayer time is this prayer of thanksgiving that uh, we've been circulating the last few weeks that actually uh, came out of some of the, the word that Mignon had shared. Uh, we developed this prayer and so uh, for our prayer time today I'm going to turn and face that way everybody else stand and uh, let's say this prayer out loud together Are you ready? okay apologies for me turning my back to you most gracious God we the members adherents, and friends of City Temple give you thanks and praise. We thank you for the rich and varied history of City Temple, from its founding around 1640 through the present day and into the future. We thank you that our church has honored and exalted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. We thank you for the solid theological foundation that you have always maintained a faithful witness to Jesus Christ within the congregation. We thank you for our heritage as a nonconformist congregational church. Thank you for the determination to worship you according to the Bible, not according to the dictates of people. Thank you for the commitment that all Christians are ministers serving you and serving one another in love. Thank you for how we have valued leaders as faithful ministers of your gospel. Thank you for the leaders you have given this church across the centuries, the men and women of God whose hearts burn with the passion to preach your word and exalt Jesus. Thank you for the leaders in our church today, Rod and Garen, Andrew, Olushina and Marcos, Federico and Fadi, and all others. Thank you for calling them and enabling them to serve faithfully. Thank you for the influence you have given City Temple over the centuries. Thank you for the many national and international ministries that found a home at City Temple, started a ministry at City Temple, held conferences at City Temple, and proclaim the word at City Temple. Thank you for the churches we helped to start and the ministers we helped to train, all to advance your kingdom in this world. Thank you for your constant provision for our church materially. Even when times were difficult, you never let us down. You always provided for our good. We have never lacked what we needed because of your generosity, and you have enabled us to be generous to others. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the various buildings in which we have met, from the first meeting house on Anchor Lane to the present building on Hoburn Viaduct. Thank you that you are now giving us a new building, as you have done many times before. Thank you that you are giving us this new building by your sovereign provision and not by the work of our hands. Thank you for the promise that I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory over this new building. Thank you that the new building will serve the church and your kingdom into the next generations. Thank you that nothing can prevent or even hinder your will from being accomplished for the provision of this building. We praise you for your sovereign grace and glory over us. We thank you for the future of City Temple. Thank you for the empowering work of your Holy Spirit in our lives and in our church, who conforms us to the image of Jesus and enables us to continue Jesus's work in the world. Thank you that you have established us in the City of London to serve as a resource for your Kingdom and a refuge for your people. Thank you that you have called and empowered us to lift the Cross of Christ over the City, London, the United Kingdom, and the world from where you have placed us. Thank you for your promise of a seed. Of multiplication coming soon, during which we enter the kingdom and this church, even establishing new churches. Thank you for your promise of a coming revival and awakening, where many will profess that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thank you that City Temple will flourish as part of this revival. As the people of City Temple, all our thanks and praise belong to you. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bible with you, let's turn to two places, although I'm going to refer to quite a few others. Uh, Isaiah 57, and then one of my favorite passages, Hebrews chapter 12. before we read, let's pray. For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. May God bless to us this reading of his holy word one of my favorite stories is about a traveler in Ireland and I will spare you my attempt at doing an Irish accent but uh, this man was wandering the, the roads uh, the country roads of Ireland looking for a certain village and he'd spent literally days wandering and he thought he'd known the way and he, he he pressed on and he just got more and more lost and more and more confused and finally he stopped and he he asked one of the farmers he said sir Do you know where this village is? And the the guy says, yes, I know where that's at. And the man says, well, that's great. That's great news. Can you tell me how to get there? And he said, well, if I was going there, I certainly wouldn't start from here. It's so important for us to kind of know where we're going And to know where we're going, we need to know where we are. And also, it's kind of helpful to know where we've been. And that's a little bit what I'm going to be dealing with the next few weeks, is talking uh, a little bit about City Temple, but I'll, I'll share enough for you personally to help us understand a little bit about where we are and where we're going and perhaps where we have been. You know... Well, the Lord back in 2008, gave us a, a very that came in off the street, shared it with our receptionist at the time, uh, and we've really unpacked that a lot uh, over the years, and it's one of those amazing things because it's so simple. The guy came in, he says, "You know, the Lord woke me up last night with a word for city temple." He was here for a religious educators conference. And he said, "This is what the Lord says. There's a final difficult time, a test. A clearing out, and then God is going to multiply the church. And at the time, I have to admit that the word wasn't really positive for me because I didn't feel like I could handle a final difficult time. But true to his word, we had a major shift in things happening in the life of the church within the next two weeks. Uh, some extraordinary things happened. Uh, we ended up uh, electing a new eldership that June, and, and it's been strong and united ever since then, and God's done a lot of things. Well, then we went and we had some struggles and things like that, and we struggled for about seven years. I mean, it's just like we dealt with one thing after another, after another, and we kind of forgot the word, and then all of a sudden, in June of 2015, there was another shift that happened in the life of the church and for since June of 2008 when we when that you know first that word the first part was fulfilled we had done a lot of great things There was a lot of great ministry but we were always scrambling for money we we just never could make ends meet even though we had some of the biggest incomes that we'd ever had and then all of a sudden uh, in June 2015 there was a shift And all of a sudden, we had resources. We don't have a lot of resources, but it's like something happened. And and I was uh, praying about this the following August, and finally the Lord just, you know, opened up an insight to me. And he couldn't have opened this up back in 2008 because I would have run away. And he showed me that when the final difficult time and the test and the clearing out uh, and the multiplication, those were all not just one-time events, but those were seasons in the life of the church. And that the, the final difficult time was a season that actually had begun in June of uh, 2001 and went to June 2008. And that what we'd endured from June of 2008 through uh, June of 2015 was a time, a season of testing. Now, one of the things you don't want to hear the Lord tell you is that you're going to go through a season of testing. Uh, because we'd like, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm, I, Io tells me when she goes back to Spain, uh, she's got to have, she's going to have an exam. You know, and the good thing about her exam is... that she'll take it and it's over. She's not gonna fail, so I know she's gonna have to retake it. She'll take it and it's over, right? You know, it's a one day thing, so you sweat, you take it and it's over. But when you have seven years of testing, you know that's why I think I would run away. But that was an amazing thing. And so then we started to say, okay, if there was seven years of testing, that means that there's another period called clearing out. And at the time, This is 2015 and I was saying to people, but folks, I I really hope that clearing out is not going to be seven years. Surely it won't be seven years. Surely it won't take that long. In fact, at that time, we thought we'd be rebuilding the building starting in late 2017, early 2018, you know, and then we'd quickly be out of that. And so surely we'd be multiplying by the time we got into the new building in 2020. Now, you notice it's past 2020 now. Uh, we're in 2021. And, uh, you know, and I kept thinking, surely this can't, this can't go, you know, for seven years. How about we just kept going and we kept hanging on? But that's what the Lord said. He said that you're going to go through a time of clearing out. And the great thing about that word from March of 2008 is that it's given us a framework on which we can hang an awful lot of history. Now, we're talking about here, if everything is seven years, that's four seasons of seven years, that's 28 years. Now, for some of you, that's longer than you've been alive. Not for me, but, uh, but it's almost half my lifetime. You know, and you, you don't normally think about that, When we think about God, we like to say, okay, okay, God's going to make me wait a month or two. That's not the way it works. You know, God gives us these words and he takes us through these seasons, and sometimes it takes us an awful long time. As human beings, a, a friend of mine once said years and years ago that we tend to overestimate what we can accomplish in one year and underestimate What we might accomplish in five and that's very true we will overestimate what God accomplishes in a few days but underestimate what God can accomplish in a few years or a few decades or a lifetime and that's why for us it's so dangerous to evaluate our lives from any moment in time We might see something that God has shown us into the future, a place where we're going to be, and we can feel like that farmer and say, well, I know where that's at, but if I was going there, I wouldn't start here. But you cannot possibly anticipate what's going to happen. You cannot anticipate the effect of your life. You cannot anticipate what God is going to do. When I was a child in St. Louis, Missouri, I wouldn't have even dreamed about preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ from a pulpit in London, England. I didn't even ever think I would travel there. It was a very long time in my life before I was out of Missouri, Illinois, or Arkansas. Of course, Missouri, Illinois, and Arkansas are about as big as England and Wales, but uh, combined but uh, it, was a, it was a long time. And so we need God to do these things, to speak these words, to give us a bit of a framework and we can see what God is doing and it can help us to endure. The other challenge that we face so long, for uh, so, so much, excuse me, as people, is that we forget one of the great lessons of history, and that is unsustainable things can last longer than you anticipate. Now, if you talked to me back in 2017, I would have said, or uh, 2015, I'd said it would be unsustainable for us to still be in this building in 2022. 20, We're at 22, right? Goodness gracious. Uh, you know, I would have said it's unsustainable. If you'd have talked to me at the beginning of lockdown, you know, there in, in uh, early 2020, we lost all of our conferencing business. In an instant, our conference center was closed. What we've depended on as a church for our income, our livelihood, are sustaining since 1962. Now, that is as old as I am. All of a sudden, it's gone. It doesn't exist. And I thought, this is impossible. I knew how much money we had. I still know how much money we have. One of the great things that uh, Federico did for us back early on in that time is uh, he showed us when we were going to run out of money. And we've got the chart. We know when that's going to happen. And I thought, there's no way that we're going to last. It's very, it's very good that uh, the developer is going to be giving us money all this time. And then the developer stopped giving us money like they were supposed to. And yet the Lord has sustained us. I thought we'd be at a place back in September where we'd be really on the brink of going broke. And then strangely, September, October, November, December. I expect the same in January. I'll let you know if it's not. But we've had the same basic bank balance. In other words, our money's not really gone down. And it's, it's a miracle, let me tell you. It is a genuine miracle. So we're dealing with those kinds of things. So since 2015, we've been in this really unsustainable season that God's called clearing out. And I tell you, since Christmas of 2015, I've been going through the most personally difficult season of my entire life. I won't begin to tell you all the things that I've gone through. Many that you know, you know about my hospitalization. You know about my continuing struggles with dysphonia, you know, struggles to talk and things, and my, you know, struggle to recover from my hospitalization. Uh, Some of you might have known about the car accident that we were in. Uh, You may know about uh, one of the many people that have betrayed us uh, in some very, very, uh, very painful ways. I mean, but I can't even tell you all of it. You'd be so depressed. Uh, I understand now why my mom, uh, who's now with the Lord, years and years ago, she made me promise that I would never kill myself. Well, because sometimes it gets pretty bad and the burden gets pretty heavy. Not that I'm going to kill myself, so don't worry about it. But if the Lord called me home, you know, he almost did, and then Karen drug me back. You know, so she held on, and that's okay. I loved Karen. I told her I wouldn't leave without her. Uh, So, uh, But it's been a a time, and I just thought, I'm not going to make it. You know, really dark days, but here we are. We're in this time, this time of clearing out, and at first, I thought the clearing out would just be a lot of the junk in the church. And we've started clearing out a lot of the junk in the church. We've got some more. But, you know, if you think about it here at City Temple, what we've been dealing with. I mean, we've seen some people leave. We've seen some great people come. But we've seen people clearing out. We've seen stuff and junk being cleared out. Uh, we cleared out the City Temple Conference Center. Uh, we really cleared out the City of London House of Prayer. I mean, we, went, we had 40-plus hours a week of prayer going on, and now we have, uh, you know, a couple of meetings, uh, and that's largely thanks to Kwame uh, and what he's been doing. Uh, we've seen that. Uh, our church meals, we haven't had our church meals. We've lost a lot of staff, a lot of our church activities. I mean, I could go on and on, and it seems like just as, as we, we turn around, every time we turn around, God takes something else away. God clears something else out. I feel that with my own life, you know. I thought, well, I'll do all these things during lockdown. I'll get all these new ministries and things started. And Lord's just like, no, you won't. You know, and it's put aside, it's put aside, it's put aside. This is the season of clearing out. But let me tell you this in the Lord, that the clearing out is almost over. The clearing out is almost finished. But that doesn't mean the work is over because the clearing out is almost finished, we need to redouble our efforts, both as a church but also you as individuals, to clear out in your own life. It's absolutely essential. Now we need to understand that clearing out is not a punishment. When the writer to the Hebrews, he talks about the Lord's discipline and clearing out in a sense is a season of discipline, discipline is not always punishment. Punishment and discipline, biblically, is not the same thing. We talk about spiritual disciplines like prayer, you know, and and learning how to pray for an hour or two hours, reading the Bible, studying the Scriptures. Those are disciplines, but God's not punishing us, even though sometimes it might feel like punishment to try to pray for two hours. God's preparing us. God is forming us. If I'm going to be a long-distance runner, and God, please don't make me. uh, If I was going to be a long-distance runner, I'd have to start practicing certain disciplines, certain exercises of discipline. So understand, clearing out is not punishment. It's a discipline that we all need to be engaged in as Christians from time to time, but especially now if you're here connected with City Temple. There we go. Uh, I'll keep going while she keeps working. Uh, There was just a real weird power thing that just happened on the wireless mic. So uh, uh, I take that as a good thing. Okay, the wireless mics come back on. I'm gonna set this one down. Woo, I love it. Okay, so we're gonna engage to, to deal with this clearing out and to do it well, first thing, you have to engage with God's direction for clearing out engage with God's direction now first thing you need to use your discernment on this God you know gives you a mind so you can use it so start thinking about things that can you can need to maybe clear out things that are weighing you down or whatever use your discernment but also seek God's revelation each step of the way over these last seven years God has revealed certain things to us. Sometimes circumstances have done it, but sometimes God himself has said, okay, I want you to stop doing that. We stopped doing our Koinonia nights, our fellowship nights about uh, four or five years ago because the Lord directed us. He said, stop this. Start doing it on Sunday afternoons, and we did. We called it uh, Sunday focus for a season, but then God had us stop that. So you have to seek the revelation of the Lord It also means that you need to take up your cross. In other words, you need to be willing to lay everything down except Jesus. Anything you hold on to in your life is going to cause you problems if it takes over from Jesus. And allow yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, because it's the Holy Spirit who empowers us to do the clearing out. This is not a human work that you do on your own but you cooperate with the Holy Spirit who's working in you and through you. So you gotta engage with God's direction in order to clear out. And then you need to employ all the dynamics of clearing out. And there's four dynamics of clearing out. First of all, you need to clear out what hinders you and weighs you down. It's Like the writer says there in Hebrews, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. Now, the weight is not necessarily a sin. The weight is something that might be holding you back. You know, for example, if I wanted to, to lose a lot of pounds without having to spend five weeks in intensive care in the hospital, I might have to say, you know, to, in order to lose this weight, I'm going to have to lay aside sweeties. I love my my Percy pigs. I really do. But if I'm going to lose the weight, I need to put Percy down. You lay aside every weight, anything that hinders you, anything that weighs you down, anything that slows you down, anything that's holding you back from running the race that God has set before you. That's the first dynamic of clearing out. And the second dynamic of clearing out is to clear out your sin and your iniquity. As he says, we need to lay aside the sin which clings so closely. Now, of course, we need to be repenting of sin, but the sin that clings so closely is the besetting sin. You know, we all have a sin in our lives that we really would like to hold on to. It's kind of like we often go to God like this, one hand behind our back saying, here, Lord, I give you all my sins, all of them I'm, laying, I'm repenting, I'm throwing them aside, I don't want them. And God says, well, that's great, but I want the, one in your, the hand behind your back. And it's different things for different people. My besetting sin is probably not going to be your besetting sin. Some people it might be lying. For other people, it might be looking at things you shouldn't look at. For other people, it might be talking too much. For other people, it might be gossiping. Whatever it is, the Lord will show you, and you know what it is. And when you're laying aside these things, you also lay aside your iniquity. Now, your iniquity is your brokenness. And we all have these excuses we make for our behavior. Oh yeah, I, I know. Sometimes I act selfishly, but I had a rough upbringing. Stop it! Don't excuse your bad behavior. Don't say, "Well, I didn't really want to do this, but somebody made me do it." No, they didn't. Oh, my parents made. Me. No, they didn't. Oh, my good friend. No, they didn't. My boss. No, they didn't. Don't blame other people. Just stop the iniquity, stop the brokenness, the bad behavior that comes out of your brokenness. Now notice of the four dynamics of clearing out, this is the only one that's explicitly involving sin or something that's bad. Please note that, because sometimes we like to think that we just clear out the bad stuff and hang on to the good stuff. We clear out the bad, but clearing out involves more. The next dynamic, the third dynamic of clearing out, is that we clear out the useless and the worthless that which has become rubbish proverbs 25 4 says take away the dross from the silver and the smith has material for a vessel isaiah 57 14 and it shall be said build up build up prepare the way remove every obstruction from my people's way everything that doesn't help you move forward in the lord even things that seem to be good will need to be cleared out. God's done that with us as a church. So many of the things that he's cleared out were good stuff that blessed a lot of people. But he said, lay it down, lay it down, lay it down. And I've been, I've been a little bit like, well, God, I can't lay down much more. Otherwise, people will say, well, gosh, why are we paying him? You know, you get to a point in time, you think, Is there any more? Is there any more? And then I think, God, don't test me on that. And so anything, anything that is useless and worthless. Back when I was in the United States, before I ministered here, which was a lot of years ago now, uh, we did a lot of marriage enrichment conferences, and we also did a lot of youth work back then. And I had boxes and boxes of files from these activities that I had saved. Because I thought, well, this is good stuff. And it was good stuff. It's stuff I could use again. Stuff I might use. And after mom died, I put them in storage in the States uh, in a shed in her backyard, uh, back garden. And after she died, I looked through it and the Lord just said, throw it away. Throw it away. Throw it away. I'm like, I can't throw this away. This was a lot of work. I threw it away. I went through the files here at City Temple. And you would not believe the junk that we had stored. It's absolutely worthless and useless. And I'm going through it, and the Lord just says, throw it away, throw it away, throw it away. There's so many things that's a product of good stuff that we've done and things that God has done in our lives, and the Lord just saying, well, get rid of it, 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 get rid of it. You don't need it anymore. It's not that it's bad, but it prevents us from being the silver, the pure silver that God wants us to be. And so we set it aside. And we look into the new thing that God's going to do. I had a good prophet friend who said one time, you know, the things that God uses to bring you to the door are often not the things that God will use to bring you through the door. And that's so true in our lives. So we have to clear out the useless and the worthless, the rubbish, that which is not usable anymore. Now that doesn't mean that everything old is bad, by the way. There are a lot of things that God uses. And the wise person will bring out of his treasure things that are both old and new. That's what Jesus said. The fourth dynamic of clearing out is clear out the cherished old to make way for the new. This is a great verse. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 10. And I think this is the primary verse that God speaks to the church for this season of clearing out. You shall eat old store long kept, and here it is, you shall clear out the old to make way for the new. You shall clear out the old to make way for the new. Do you know clearing out the old is a blessing of God in this context? Even though it's been hard and even though we've been through a dark time as a church and even though we've struggled alongside everybody else with the pandemic, God has been blessing us these last seven years. He's been sustaining us and enabling us to clear out the old to make way for the new that God is going to bring. And so we need to employ all four of these dynamics of clearing out. Now, we've been doing that as a church, but you need to do it in your own life as well. And then, of course, you need to embrace the discipline of clearing out. And it is a discipline, as I said. And discipline is not punishment. It's stuff we need to do to get better. A person without discipline will never improve. And to embrace the discipline of clearing out, we need to remember it has to be intentional. You've got to do it. You have to choose to do it. You have to choose to engage with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you'll just be a hoarder that tends to clutter up your house and fill up your house with useless stuff. We've all seen TV programs about that. To embrace the discipline means you need to be thorough. You need to complete it. Discipline is not worthwhile unless it's completed. And to embrace the discipline means you need to embrace the pain. That's everybody. I know you all are constantly emailing me saying, Rod, preach more on pain and suffering. No you're not. Nobody does that. But it's true. You know, we got to feel the pain of doing it, but do it anyway. It's been hard. These last several years have been very, very hard, very painful, but we've embraced it and we keep forward. And you need to remember that clearing out, to embrace the discipline of clearing out, means that you have to make it permanent. My dad, (laughs) God love him. My mom, she'd go through the house and she'd she'd clear out, you know, and she'd throw all this stuff in the bin. And in the States, we had these really big bins, you know. and she'd throw it out in the bin and get ready to take it out. And my dad, he'd go out there and he'd rummage through the bin and he'd pick all this stuff back up and they'd find this way in his shed or something like that. And he'd say, well, why do you wanna throw this out? When he died, I went down to his shed and I found stuff like you know, little pieces of soap. You know, When you use a bar of soap and it gets down to so small, you can't use it. My dad saved that. I'm like, dad, what are you doing that for? Pencils that are all down and used up. He was saving those things. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? And when you clear out, you need to understand it's got to be permanent. Don't try to bring everything back in. And that's a bit of what Mignon was hearing from the Lord as well. God's doing a new thing, and He's going to do something in us, preparing the way, preparing the way for the multiplication. I really believe in the Lord that the clearing out season for City Temple will end this year. It will end in 2022 and we will move into the season of multiplication. I have no idea how God's going to do it. I was even talking to the Lord about this a few days ago and the Lord just saying, you're not going to figure it out, so don't try. And he's told me that before. In this, in this time, this remaining time, and if God remains true to the time frame, it'll be June. We'll see. But June of 2022 will be seven years since June of 2015 when this started. So that means you've got six months to really prepare yourself. God still, he'll do his stuff in the church. But in these six months, you need to complete your own personal clearing out season and when this is over everything will change for us as a church dramatically multiplication will change us dramatically and permanently in ways that is impossible for us to anticipate but we will continue to be the authentic city temple fulfilling our calling and destiny together And we will continue to be a church that lifts high the cross of Jesus Christ over all of London and proclaims that Jesus Christ and his cross is the only hope for a world riddled with pandemics and inflation and wars and rumors of wars and diseases and brokenness and knife crime and all the things we're dealing with. Jesus Christ is the hope. And we will be a church that proclaims that Jesus Christ is the only hope for our salvation. Father God, thank you so much for all that you're doing in us. Thank you that your word to us is trustworthy and true. We love you and we worship you. We honor you and we adore you. Now I pray that you go with us as we go to the table now. Stand with us, attend to us, that we might continue to worship you. And that we might clear out everything in our lives so that as we eat the bread and drink